When I heard the voice behind me, I knew I'd made another stupid mistake. It had been a while since I'd made a blunder, but now that it had happened, I saw how major it was going to be. This one was going to be fatal. It hadn't been long since I'd stepped out of a pay-per-view arthouse theater in Soho, arm-in-arm with Honecker in accounting. We'd decided to go to the movies, like Levine did, and went to see an old classic that tried to span the whole of human history from Homo erectus to Homo superior. I didn't find it particularly moving or inspiring, but perhaps that was the shock I felt on watching the opening scenes. The listless gorillas, starving in a land of plenty, bore an overwhelming resemblance to the apes in Robinstein's failed script for nanoclean, right down to the eclipse over the box of product and the business with them using bones to beat their oppressors. The washing machines in Robinstein's case. It had been bad enough when I thought that Robinstein had pilfered Hotchkiss's time-honored prop of cavemen. Now, seeing that it had been stolen outright from this allegedly classic film, well, that made it all the worse. Or perhaps Robinstein's spot was the reason why I was put off by the rest of the film. Not only was it unsettling, it was long. Not knowing its true length, that was one of my mistakes, too. By the time Honecker in accounting and I walked out of the theater, the sun was setting and there wasn't a bike shaw in sight. Finally, I made the mistake of listening to Honecker in accounting's sweet words. I agreed to take a leisurely walk home instead of trying to at least ride the subway. So there we were, walking and talking her giving me an account of how McFeely from accounting had fended off a particularly nasty product liability suit. So there they were, she was saying, the parents of this kid, and they're saying that he threw himself out the window because of the subliminal message on the latest Marching Morons record. But the only subliminals on that were for adolescent strength lovers missed, I said. Their contention was that their son was depressed because he couldn't get a date. Therefore, he had no use for lovers missed. Wait a minute, I said. That wasn't the subliminal. The morons wrote a song that talked about that. I tried to remember the words. It went something like, he was a loser and he was overweight. Nobody liked him and he couldn't get a date. That's the one. Honecker and accounting started to sing, so he jumped in his truck and drove to Idaho, put a gun in his mouth and gave his brains a blow. Then came a voice from behind. It sang, Now he's deader than a nit, yeah, yeah, deader than a knob on a door. We spun at the sound. The kid couldn't have been much older than twelve. He must have been an early graduate of a tough boy's squad who had opted for gang membership. He had fiery red hair that was greased and combed straight up and cut so flat you could have landed a zep on it. 
From neck to toe he was covered in battered blue denims, and on his feet were a pair of speedies, the latest advertising success from McMahon, Tate, and Stevens. The only other thing I noticed was that he had a bad cold. His nose kept running, and he snorted and drew his sleeve across his face as he tried to look mean. I blew a sigh of relief and almost laughed. Popular song, I said. I took Honecker in accounting's hand and turned back on our course. And stopped.